Good morning. How's everybody? Good. Good to see you guys. I was not sure what exactly we were going to do today. Uh, you know, I always try to listen. I was feeling two things on my heart, kind of, but I wasn't sure. And then I came back here for the pre-meeting worship, and there was some prophetic words that those guys were getting that really kind of confirmed some stuff to me. So uh, we're going to have a pair of messages today, and uh, I'm gonna, I want to start with something first, though. Joel, if you could come back up. Uh, I wanted Joel to kind of give this testimony about what God has done Joel's been going to the School of the Prophets at Morningstar in Fort Mill. It's a, a, a school in trying to help equip believers to recognize the Lord's voice and to step out and release prophetic uh, words. And um, him and Jim and uh, maybe Mark, yeah, Mark Gow have been going, and I understand it's been pretty good. Uh, but Joel uh, has had something happen to him the other day that I thought was amazing. It's just a, it's a great encouragement about God using us, not, not me, because I mean, people expect pastors to get used. But the reality is, is that pastor's not doing his job if the people in the church aren't getting used. You know, So this is really encouraging. I want to hear, have him share this with you. Thank you. So I, I love just how God brings different things together and what Lisa shared about waiting on the Lord, um, but also pursuing. And actually, this was back in August already. Um, and I would like to you know, even start preface this with um, just what a blessing it's been to be involved with Morningstar and to have you know something that I hadn't really explored or just realized how God's always speaking, but we're not always listening to God's voice. And, and just have Travis and Paul and Joshua you know, and Lonnie, just so many people that really encourage to, to really press in, um, not for the gifts, but to know God more in a deeper way and to be able to hear his voice. Because when you hear God's voice, it just changes everything. Like as I've, I've, as I've gotten those little glimpses, I mean, you just want more of it um, because you just realize nothing else, you know, compares. And so um, as, you know, coming back to the point Lisa said about waiting on the Lord, but desiring it, um, I've just been reading in the gospels. God led me, you know, again, going through, you know, just listening to what, what Jesus had done and the disciples. And, and I was like, man, Lord, I want to make disciples. I want to share your message. And I was just desiring that, pressing in. And I, had, I have the blessing to work from home. I'm in IT, and I work with people in, you know, around the world, but also in Asia. And I, I was working with uh, one particular person in Sri Lanka. And had a call with him, had a call with um, another colleague, and just all of a sudden I realized I had this headache, um, but just really, really strong pain in the back right side of my head. And I just, I finished my last call, it was like noon, and I was like, what, what in the world is going on? I was like, Lord, that's, that's like super painful, and it was just random, just came on me. And then I, I said, Lord, is there something you want to speak to me? And... As I asked that, the name of the guy from two calls before came to mind, and I was like, "All right, I guess he's maybe dealing with a headache." You know, um, I've known he's he's had migraines in the past, and so I sent him a message through Teams. You know, one of the message things. It's already later at night in Sri Lanka, and I, I said, "Hey, um, 
are you, are you still awake? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. What's up? And I said, um, do you have a headache? And I was like, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> um, and I was like, well, can we get on a call? Um, and so I, we jumped on a call, and, I, and he's, he was just really puzzled, like how I would know he had a headache. I said, well, it's not me. It's like God highlighted you to me because he wanted me to pray for you. And so I, I had the opportunity to pray for him, and then he just you know, was asking more questions. He had this hunger for God. Um, most of the people in, in Sri Lanka specifically are, are Buddhist. And so I was able to go sharing with them. I know he had an early morning um, the next day, so I didn't want to you know, take a long time. But I just helped them download the Bible app, talked to, you know, about you know, just how God is, just like he spoke to me, he's speaking, he, he's, you know, the greatest way that he spoke to us is through his word, and we need to know his word and ask him to reveal and open up through his Holy Spirit, the word. And so after I finished talking with him a little bit, I, I just asked him, I was like, how's your, how's your headache doing? And he said, you know what? It's completely gone. The like, kind of like shocks going on in my head you know, are gone. I, I feel this just like peacefulness over me. And I was like, wow, I was like, that's awesome. And that is God. You know, it has nothing to do with me. It's completely about God. And, and the next day um, in the morning, you know, when I connected to the call, um, he had told me that uh, the migraine time tried to come back like at two in the morning. And he prayed out to God, and God touched him. And then he said, you know, thank you for sharing me this new way, you know. And about two weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to really just walk him through the whole gospel. He wasn't ready to, I mean, just a message of what the gospel is. He wasn't ready to make a decision yet, but it was so encouraging. I mean, I am... After this previous experience, I ended up just on my knees, just crying, thank you, thanking the Lord for the honor to be able to share his love and to be able to not have missed you know, this headache, uh, to be able to share and, and let that person know it's like Jesus loves you and he cares for you. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, give God a hand. You know, a lot of times God will speak to us that way. He'll, he'll he, like, just to kind of go over that again, all of a sudden he randomly and suddenly started feeling a pain in the back of his head. A lot of times when you, we take things as all about us, it's like, I'm, I got a headache. Well, it didn't, it wasn't like this, headaches don't just come on you typically like that. It's usually a very slow, gradual thing, and then it builds up, and then you've got massive pain. It's usually not sudden. He did the right thing is what we've been trying to teach people is if you're not sure if something is God, just ask. And usually even if I'm pretty sure it's God, I still ask, Lord, is this you? Are you trying to speak something to me? He did that. It's just like Moses at the burning bush. You know, Moses saw a bush that was on fire, right? And the scripture says that when he turned aside to look at the bush, the Lord spoke to him through the bush. See, God will put signs along our way. And like the burning bush, things that just draw our attention. And if we will turn aside to ask the Lord about it, then all of a sudden God will speak to us through the thing that we just, the the sign that just came. So in his burning bush at that moment was that pain in the back of his head. He asked the Lord about it. He felt like he got a name. He followed through and it ended up being an accurate word for somebody that was a Buddhist that just now had their demonstration of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ demonstrated to him. He not only 
had a word of knowledge. He had healing. And then even better than that, in the middle of the night when the thing comes back to him, he cries out to the God that he just heard about, and all of a sudden it goes away. <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. You can't, what do you, that's incredible. And the thing is, is that that's, every Christian can operate this. God, the scripture says that we may all prophesy one by one. We may all, everybody say all, all. It says earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why is that? Because we learn in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy builds up the church. We also learn in 1 Corinthians that when an unbeliever sees the prophetic manifested in his midst, he will fall down on his knees and declares that God is among you. There's something about the power of God that just grabs people's hearts and it just causes them to have to look at the reality of God. And I'm, and I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, Paul said that I have fully preached the gospel. Paul, when he's talking about fully preaching the gospel, when he said from, you know, Jerusalem to Ereoconum, however you say that, that I have fully preached the gospel with signs and wonders and demonstration of the power of the Spirit. He connected that the full gospel was with demonstrations of signs, wonders, and the power of the Spirit. When you try to preach the gospel and we leave out the full gospel, which is the power of the kingdom, the king is here with all authority on heaven and earth with signs, wonders, and miracles, which is the very thing Jesus did. And he said, the works I do, you shall do, and even greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. When we leave those parts out, we're, we're cutting the gospel in half. He didn't come just to say, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. That's part of the message, and it's important. And we need to, I'm not belittling that part of the message, but the reality is, is that the world needs a demonstration of the power of God. They really do. Jesus told them, He said, If you don't believe in me, at least believe because of the works that I have done. So there is a teaching that goes around that says we shouldn't desire power, we shouldn't desire gifts, you know, and that's just a false teaching. Paul said to earnestly desire these things. 1 Corinthians 14.1, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And the power of that means that it, it impacts people's lives. I have had numerous cases where the Lord has stopped me in my busyness of the life to try to minister to somebody and when I have followed through you know God would touch someone's life that otherwise wouldn't get touched and it all came through me just saying Lord is this you I'm feeling something is this you I've told y'all a story about the lady in Taco Bell how many of you have heard this but I'm in Taco Bell sitting down in Pineville North Carolina eating my lunch and uh, I look over at a lady and all of a sudden I have this incredible compassion just well up in my heart for her. And that was strange. It was out of the ordinary. Why am I feeling such compassion for a total stranger that I don't even know? So I said, Lord, is that you? And I wrestled with God for a little bit because I didn't want it to be him. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I didn't want to stop my lunch and go see what God was going to do with some total stranger. That's not, that's uncomfortable. But I crucified that flesh, and I said, Lord, I don't, you know, the truth was I didn't want to do anything, but I said, Lord, is this you? And I kept wrestling with it until I got clarity, and I realized this was the Lord. So I got up, I walked over to her, I said, hey, how you doing? It's like, good. She's looking at me, and I was like, well, my name's Travis. I said, listen, I'm a Christian, and I just 
when I saw you, I just felt God's love for you so intense. And I know he wanted you to know how much he loves you. He's got all, he's got incredible compassion in his heart for you. And it just, just saying that one little thing touched her so much that I was, she invited me to sit down. I shared the gospel with her and right there in Taco Bell, I led her to the Lord and she accepted Jesus as her savior. That was all because I was willing to step out with something that I was feeling. Joel felt something, he acted on it. God's speaking to us, and especially when we're asking for it. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. You have to want it. Being open is not enough. If you're just open, you're not going to get much. Did y'all hear me? If you're just open, you're not going to get a lot. You got to be hungry. Lord, I want to hear from you. I value that God of the universe would talk to me to minister to somebody else. And I do this all the time. I'm like, Lord, I'm terrified of this gift. Would you please help me with my fear? But Lord, I'm asking you for the gift. I want prophetic gifts. I'm scared of them. I am. I'm scared of them sometimes. I don't like having to share things with people that I don't know. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> But I say, Lord, help me with my fear, but I'm asking for the gift. This gift changes people's lives. My life was changed because of a prophetic word that was given to me. It changed. My whole course of my whole life got changed because of a prophetic word that somebody gave me that didn't know me. It's powerful. And if we will just be sensitive to the Lord as we're out and about, and I'm not talking about feeling like everybody you see, you got to minister to. I know how that is. You know, you start asking the Lord to speak to you, and the next thing you know, you're questioning every thought that goes through your head. Is this God? Is this God? And you're like, oh, God, oh, God. And you become a nut. <laughs> I know. I've been there. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Relax, okay? But there are things that happen that you can say, Lord, is this you? You know, like... Feeling compassion out of the blue. I've had that happen numerous times, and it's just, it's just led to incredible stuff. I remember one time walking out of a Home Depot in Charlotte, and I go past this guy, and as soon as I did, I had this electric shock go through my first finger. Okay? Now, this is going to stretch some of you, probably, maybe. But, and this is... Early on, when uh, Bob Jones prayed for me, he used to put his hands up to people's hands, and he would feel electric shocks go through his finger, and he would be able to tell you what your calling is based on it. Now, this is weird, I know, and it takes a lot of faith. Scripture says in Romans, I believe it's Romans 8, we prophesy according to our faith. And the reason he does that is this, this is representative of the fivefold ministry. The first finger is the prophetic finger. It points the way. The second finger is the evangelism finger. It reaches out more than the rest of the fingers. The third finger is the ring finger. It's the pastoral care. It's, the, it's that covenant pastoral care. The teaching finger, it's, it's kind of gross, but it, 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 it gets the wax out of our ears. <laughs> okay? That's what teachers do. They help people learn to hear what the Lord's teaching, what the Lord's saying. The apostle can touch all the gifts. He walks in all of them. Okay? This is the way that um, Bob would, would do this, but ever since, that's, ever since he prayed for me, I started having this happen to me. I will get shocks in my finger, and it gets my attention. And the Lord has used this so dramatically that I cannot deny that this is God. Numerous times, I, I can go story after story, but 
in this case, I get this electric shock in my first finger as I pass this guy as I'm walking to my truck, and I just kept walking. And I'm like, oh. And so I get to my truck, and I stop. I said, Lord, do you have something for that guy? And I turn around to look at him. And I'm like, Lord, if you got something, let me know what it is. I just had learned, you know. This is, the Lord gets my attention this way. I don't know how to tell you. He really does. And I stopped. I turned around. All of a sudden, when I looked at him, he reminded me of someone I knew. It just kind of suddenly came on me. And knowing the person that he reminded me of, I knew what the Lord was saying. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, excuse me. I said, hey, buddy, my, my name's Travis. I'm a Christian. And I want to walk past you. I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you. He says that, and I, and I began to share not everything that just happened, but just the fact that the, what this person reminded me said, okay, which was this. You've uh, not lived in any one place for a long period of time. You're constantly moving. And I said, the Lord's been trying to bless you, but every time he sends relationships to you, you had just moved on. And so you've missed the blessing, but the Lord wants you to know that you're to dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, which is a scripture. And I said, the Lord keeps trying to send people to you to be a blessing to your life, but you keep moving on. He wants you to plant roots and stay in one area. And he just, I mean, it's just his total shock on his face. He said, I've never lived in one place longer than six months. I can't stand to be still in one place. I have to go on to the next. It was a very accurate word. Rock this guy. It's all came because I got a shock in my finger as I'm walking past him. My point is, is that God, this is not just me. This is for all of you. God wants to develop a language of the spirit that's, that's personal to you. It may not be shocks in your fingers. It doesn't matter. Learn, just spend time with him. Ask him to speak to you. And you will develop a language with him as you're pursuing these kind of gifts. Does that make sense? And so he really wants to um, release the prophetic on another level. The prophetic is just simply hearing God. But God typically, not all the time, but typically he does not scream at us. He does not speak in audible voices on a regular basis. He does do it, but it's not the norm. It's the still small voice that God speaks because it requires faith and it requires great relationship. The louder God speaks to you, the harder it's going to be. <laughs> to fulfill what he's speaking. When he speaks really loud, you're going to really need that. So hold on. <laughs> and, I, and I've heard Rick say that for years, but it really is true. You know, it's the, But the majority of God's speaking is his still small voice. And he wants to speak to us. He wants to minister through us to other people. And uh, I'll give you another example. Um, and then I'm going to, I think I'm going to ch- change gears. Uh, I am, well, y'all know, I'm very fearful. I've told you that. Y'all may not know it, know it, but you may not believe it, but it's the truth. I deal with a lot of fear. Like the type of fear, like I don't want to go out in public because I don't know what God's going to ask me to do. That type of fear. Can anybody relate to that? It's, but at the same time, I have to overcome that. I have to. It will, fear will, fear will ruin the Lord moving in your life. I have to deal with it. And the way I deal with it is Psalms 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fear. You seek God, he will help you. He is our strength. Weakness is okay with God. Unwillingness is not. 
He will never, ever, weakness will never, ever limit God. Psalms 34. Weakness will never, ever limit God. Unwillingness will always limit God. He'll have to go use somebody else. It's not our weakness, it's our unwillingness. It's okay to struggle. It's not okay to stop struggling. (laughs) Struggle's good. That means we're fighting, we're not giving up. Letting go and giving up, that's the problem. So anyhow, I often deal with that and I ask God to help me, Lord, give me strength, give me the the, the boldness that I need, but please keep speaking to me. And uh, so I'm in, me and Lindsay had to go to a funeral a few weeks ago, it's like my seventh one in, in three months, it, and we were up in the mountains, and we got up and we went to breakfast, which was kind of nice. It was just the two of us. We hadn't, you know, you know life, how life is with kids. So just we're away. We didn't have the kids. We're at breakfast. It's awesome. We're at uh, Cracker Barrel, and we're eating, and we're getting up to leave. And as I stand up, all of a sudden, I had this sensation, just a little feeling around my eye, like somebody might have punched me in the eye. Okay, it's just a little sensation. I, didn't, I wasn't in pain. It was just a light sensation like I had been punched in my eye. Okay? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, Lord, I've just learned. Just ask. Lord, what is this? And I immediately felt like it had to do with someone having been punched by the enemy and it's affecting their vision. Vision, not literal vision, but like their vision for purpose. All right, well, Lord, who's that? And I look around. There's two little ladies right here. Um, and I was, okay, maybe it's one of them, but which one? I didn't know. I, I ain't, Lord, I, man, I'm going to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom, come out, and I'm like, I'm kind of irritated. I'm like, Lord, if this is you, just tell me who it's for. I need to at least know who it's for. I wasn't getting anything. And I'm like, dang it. I said, let's just walk back in there where they are. We were pretty much done. We were supposed to pay and leave. But I walked back over there and just hoping that God was going to tell me. And as I went on my way just to give God one more chance, uh, all of a sudden I just had a feeling it was for this one particular lady. Wasn't like this screaming loud voice. It was for her. It was just kind of felt like it was. Okay, I walk up to these ladies. I say, "Hey, excuse me." I said, "My, you know, I introduced myself. Same deal. I'm a Christian. I'm actually a pastor." And I felt like, but you know what? Scratch that pastor part. I did say that. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. Okay, I've did this for years without being a pastor. I just say, "Hey, I'm a Christian." I said, "I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you." And and I went on to say, "I felt like the enemy has really given you a pop. He's really punched you." And it's affected your vision for what God's called you to do. But God wants you to know that he has a purpose in, in your ministry and what God's using you for. I don't know this lady at all. And the enemy's trying to attack you so that you stop going forward in the vision that God's given you. I had no idea what I was saying. This lady had just had a very dramatic health complication that attacked her and everyone was telling her she needed to let go of her ministry she she was leading bible studies for ladies and had been doing it for years but because of the attack on her health she was being encouraged to let it go and deal with her health issues so she decided to give up ministry when i said that this lady now confirmed this and said now i know i need to stay doing this bible study that the lord's had me doing 
this lady's continuing with the ministry because I stood up at a Cracker Barrel and I felt a little sensation around my eye. And the awesome thing is the other lady needed, I prayed for both of their health because the other lady had health issues too. She was on dialysis and I prayed for her and I believe the Lord touched her. And there was good ministry that went on all because I stepped out in faith with a little sensation. God is speaking, it's just are we listening? Does that make sense? Okay. I'm encouraging you guys, step out in faith, go for it. You are a prophetic people. The Holy Spirit is in you. And if you will be faithful with a little, God will make you a ruler over much. He will. You will grow. If you will be faithful with those little words like, hey, I just really felt like the Lord wants you to know that he loves you. If you'll be faithful with a little bit, God will give you greater stuff. But it's just learning to continue to, you know, to, to stop. Lord, is this you? Is this you? And if it is, step out. Okay? All right. Now here's where... The, the double messages come in. This is totally unrelated in, in a way, um, but switching gears, all right? Y'all ready? Can we do that? I know that's not normal, but we're switching gears. Okay, so Deborah has this word in the intercession, and it was she saw a pear, like a fruit pear, and there was all these words that had come up when they were interceding before I had even walked in the door. And when I come in and she says that with me, as soon as she says that, I knew it was, it just, I knew. This was not just a P-E-A-R pair. This was a play on words. This was a P-A-I-R, pair, two, pair, get it? Well, I have two messages this morning that I was feeling, but even the second message is literally about the pair. <laughs> The pair. So here's what I want to share. This is a quickie, I think. I, I, want to, I don't want to go long on this, but I do. This is kind of to re-strengthen or uh, the, the messages that's been coming over the last couple weeks with Paul and myself. And How many have heard Paul's messages the last few weeks about um, the interceding together and the two? Okay, you all remember that? And then I shared a message a few weeks about promised land and how we have to fight for our promises. Well, just a quick recap. Everything in this Christian walk is really about hearing from God, gaining a promise, and then the process of seeing that promise play out. The scripture tells us this with faith and patience, you inherit the promises. You think about the children of Israel. I mean, you think, go all the way back. Think about all the promises. God gives a promise to Adam and Eve in the garden that her seed would crush the enemy's head. And you think about all through the Bible, people who walk with God, they heard a word from the Lord, which was a promise to them, and then they went into the opposite of what that promise said, and they had to believe God against all odds. And then they, those that did saw the promise fulfilled. I mean, think about Abraham with, with Isaac. You know, you can go through, Joseph has a dream, and then look at all the stuff he goes through. The children of Israel, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey, you know, and then they go into a desert and they don't even have water to drink, and they have to believe God. And so all throughout the scriptures, there's promises given, and then there's the contending for the promises, okay? And when you look at the children of Israel who the scripture says that these that all those things were written for us upon whom the end of the ages have come those are all examples for us for how 
the Lord is, they're, they're metaphors, they're pictures for us to see how the Lord is moving in our life, and the, the same thing is going to happen. If you walk with God, this is going to happen. God's going to give you a promise. You're going to go into the very opposite of what that promise looks like, right? And as you're seeing that promise not look like it's coming about, you have to decide if you're going to fight for that promise or you're just going to let it go. And there's a lot of things with those promises. We have to wait. There's a waiting on God. That's a true thing. We do have to wait on God. But there gets a point to where waiting will no longer be enough. You have to actually start contending for your promises like the children of Israel who had to go in and take the promised land with their sword. They had to physically pull out their sword and go in and drive enemies out of their land. God says, I got this land, but you have to go in and drive the enemies out. I explained a few weeks ago how the Lord spoke to me in 2017, or I'm sorry, 2016. He said, if you don't start contending for your promises in Wilmington, they're never going to happen. Of course, I'm living in Charlotte. I had a word from 2003 that I would pastor a church for Morningstar in Wilmington. I had this directly from God to myself. This wasn't spoken over me prophetically from someone else. This was a word straight from the Lord. They didn't even have a church in Wilmington at the time. And I have to sit year after year after year after year after year after year waiting for God to fulfill this thing. And then in 2016, he says, if you don't start fighting for this, this ain't going to happen. And so for the rest of the year, I'm like, Lord, Father, I'm just declaring, Lord, your purposes for me in Wilmington will not be stopped. They're coming forth. Lord, thank you for all your promises. Lord, release angels. to." And I'm like praying like this for every day for a whole year. And then in February 28, the next year, I have five supernatural signs that took place in one week that uh, gave my wife enough faith and me the knowing that it's time for us to sell our house, to move here in faith with no promises, having not talked to anybody at Morningstar about this, just totally move here in faith that God was going to fulfill his promise. And he did. Here I am. 2019, I became pastor. So for, then I had another year and a half after I got here just keeping my mouth zipped and just worshiping the Lord and doing whatever he tells me to do to be faithful to serve a church, and then God did this, okay? So my point in saying that is there was contending that I had to do. There was faith and patience, but there was also a contending in the spirit for the promises to come forth. So Paul starts bringing in on the other, the other end of that message the fact that the scripture is very clear that where two or three agree touching any one thing, they will have what they ask for in prayer. And then it goes on to say, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So here's one. I think this is where the pair comes in. And this is something that I've, I've been chewing on a lot. You know that there are, we need each other, like a lot. You will not fulfill your purpose without someone else in the body helping you get there. Won't happen. Now, I want to look at some scriptures. I'm not, we don't have to turn there, but I do ask that you, you study them, take a look at it. Don't just take my word for it. But as we look at the children of Israel who were a picture of us having to fight for the promises of God in our life, no matter what they may be, it may be a job, it may be a calling, it may be a child's health, it may be a number of things that God has spoken to us that we know in his word, but we're not seeing it come about. 
and our and us not giving up, but actually saying, no, I'm going to fight for what the scripture teaches. I'm going to fight for what the word promises. I'm going to fight for the words that God has given me concerning this. You know, the scripture, Paul tells Timothy to, to, that he's to fight with the prophetic words that were spoken over his life. Prophetic words are something that we're called to use to fight with. Okay? So, we're seeing all this, and you look at uh, the children of Israel, do you realize that there's two and a half tribes of Israel that did not enter the promised land over the Jordan, but they received their inheritance on the other side of the Jordan without having crossed over? But there was a command concerning these two and a half tribes. It was the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh. They decided they liked the land on the other side of the Jordan. They didn't want to. They wanted to let their their families rest there. It came. It caused a big stink that Moses had to hear from God and intervene. And but basically, as long as they were willing to cross the Jordan with the rest of the Israelites so that they would also fight for their brother's promised land. It wasn't okay with God for this, these two and a half tribes to enter into their inheritance without being willing to cross over in full martial array and full military gear to help fight for their brothers and sisters who hadn't yet received their promises. And I'm telling you guys that that has to be our attitude with one another. It's not okay just for me to, fulfill, to have God fulfill his promises for me. I have to be willing to wage war and fight for my brothers and sisters who are waging war for their promises. And that's where this two or three come together. You know, we are called, called to contend with our brothers and sisters with the enemies that are holding back what God has for them. And this has really been, um, I've just been chewing on this a lot. And I was, well, like for for instance, y'all, some of you know my dad, he has uh, has had incredible promises from God for, for his eyesight, but he can't see. His eyesight had went worse and worse and worse and worse. And he keeps getting promises from the Lord. And he's standing that, hey, I am... I'm gonna, God's promising, I'm gonna see, but it just kind of hit me, I need to go wage war with him. And so I decided I'm gonna start calling him. I'm gonna try to call him every day and us to take time every day to do what this scripture says in Matthew 18. Let me, let's read it. Matthew 18, verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about any one thing, let's see, I'm sorry, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by the Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. See, when believers come together in unity, when they're in unity, God comes, and God backs up what they're praying when they're in unity. And so Paul shared about how their home group started doing this. They started, okay, what's your need? What is your promise? And they started praying with one another, and they started seeing some, some of the people in the group started seeing immediate results. Some took months. Some took over a year. Paul talked about one of his relatives that had not been walking with God, seemed to have no desire to walk with God. They kept praying for this relative. 
over and over, week in, week out, week in, week out. And now, and now the relative is living for the Lord, on fire for God. It's just amazing. And I'm going to say to you that much of our lack of receiving the promises is usually the result of us not being willing to contend through till victory. Got to contend through till victory. You got to keep going. We stop. We give up. And the other thing is, is there's, this was really cool because when I was in the back, I started thinking about how when one part, the scripture says in Deuteronomy, I believe it's, what is this, Deuteronomy um, 3220, it talks about one puts a thousand to flight, but two put 10,000. I started thinking about this with relation to how when we begin to come together and agree for each other's promises, for each other's needs in prayer, and we begin to make that a focus, that begins to start a synergy. And when I said that, when I thought this, I looked down and I had grabbed my wife's drink on the way to church, and it was a kombucha. And written in big letters across the thing was synergy. Hadn't noticed it or anything until I'm thinking about synergy, and I look down, and there it is on that bottle. Synergy. I'm like, Lord, you are really, this is really the, the, the Lord. You know what synergy is? Let me read this to you. All right, synergy. Synergy is an interaction or cooperation giving rise to a whole that is greater than the simple sum of its parts. Y'all hear that? I'm going to read that again. Synergy is an interaction or cooperation giving rise to a whole that is greater than the simple sum of its parts. That means that when one, per, one part may not have the power that is needed, but when two parts are added, there's not addition going on, there's multiplication. One puts a thousand to flight, two put ten thousands. What the result of synergy is when stuff begins to go a certain direction, the power of that movement is far greater than the one person's just added up by themselves. Like, let's say you get one horse and it can pull one full wagon by itself. So each horse can pull a full wagon by itself. So let's say you got four horses. Well, four horses should be able to pull four wagon loads, right? Because each horse can pull. But what ends up happening, because the, their yokes together, they could pull maybe 12 wagon loads. It's called synergy. It's the individual parts coming together. They don't just bring an addition, whereas each of their strength, they could pull a wagon, and so together they should only be able to pull four wagons because there's four horses. No, they can pull more than four wagons because there's synergy. That's what the Lord is talking about when two or three gather together, and there he is in the midst, God multiplies their efforts and they begin to see power released. I'm telling you guys, I believe this like I believe this so strongly that if we as a church will begin to come together, each of us find that prayer partner, that prayer buddy that will agree with us concerning the needs that we have or the promises and we begin to fight together, synergy will get released. God promised in his word, right here, he says it. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he clearly says that 
when, you, uh, when we come together and we agree, agreement, touching any one thing, it shall be done. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Who's going to do it according to that verse? Say it. Somebody just said it. The Father is going to do it. The Father will do it if two or three will agree. So I have some promises in my life that I have not yet been fulfilled. Some, Some ones that have been like stubborn. You know those things in your life that are just stubborn and they just, no matter what you do, they don't seem to see a breakthrough? How many of you got some stubborn issues in your life? <laughs> Synergy. Synergy. We need to come together. We need to begin to declare. And if we pray for a year, big deal, pray for a year. Is it valuable enough for you to do whatever it takes to have it? A lot of the issues in our churches, we don't care enough about the promises to fight until we get them. There's certain things in your life you'd willing, you, you're willing to die for. Them. Like if somebody's messing with my kid, I'm ready to die for them. Don't mess with my kids. But there's nothing more valuable as far as earthly relationships than my family, Right? There's certain things. The promises of God are that precious. They're that precious. If we don't value them enough to be willing to fight for them. And I was sharing this with my dad. I think he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but, you know, he's 67. And I was sharing that I felt like the Lord showed me this for us, for him, that there needs to be this warfare to war over his eyes start fighting and declaring and, and releasing and, and, and begin to get violent because the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. He's talking about there's a violence in the spirit to where we care about something enough that we're going to go after it with everything in us until we see the gates of the hell not prevail against us but come crashing down, okay? My dad says to me, he's like... All my life, I've never heard that. He's been a Christian for, I mean, he got born again when I was, I think, seven. He said, I've just been waiting on God to move concerning my eyes, and nothing's been happening. Year after year after year after year after year. I mean, he's got at least, I don't know, 12, 15 years on this promise. It's a long time. Like, something's, something's wrong, <laughs> you know? And he said, I never realized that, but I know the Lord's speaking to me that this is what I need to do. And so we've been going after it together. We're going to see his breakthrough with his eyes. God's going to heal his eyes. We're going to see it. We're going to go for it until it happens. And we're not going to stop until it happens. You don't stop. Jesus said in Luke 18, he said that he told them a parable that they should pray and never lose heart. One translation says that they should pray and never give up. Do we give up? Way too easy. Oh, it doesn't look like anything's happened. I guess God didn't hear me. Oh, I guess I'm just meant to be sick. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, so, you know, we, we get, 
because the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight, but how often are we really walking by sight? I'm looking to see this come forward so I can believe that it's going to come forward. And you can say that's not what you're doing, but that's what I do sometimes. Lord, I need this. God, I'm believing you. Oh, man, I don't see nothing. Dang on it. Come on, God, please come through, Lord. Please, I don't, I don't see nothing. And then you, you just feel that faith get eroded because you're looking with your natural eyes to whether or not it's coming about, right? What, what did James teach us? What does it tell us? It says that if you're going to ask a God, ask in faith. If you don't ask in faith, you shouldn't think you're going to receive anything from God. That's not Travis. That's the Bible. No doubting. No doubting. And so... We have to begin to hold on to these promises, fight for them, contend for them. And that's the other great thing about being with a prayer partner. When you're discouraged and your faith's down, there's in, and they're going to pick you up. It's a lot easier for me to believe sometimes for your promise than it is for a belief for my promise. Because I need it so bad that I'm looking, come on, happen, where's he at, where yet? And we start getting discouraged because we may not see what we want to see. But that other person you're praying with, they want you to have it, but they're not like in pain over it. <laughs> so they can stand in faith. Oh, it's coming, brother. It's coming. Hold on. <laughs> I am holding on. <laughs> we need each other. When one is down, and that's what the scripture says, two is better than one. For if one falls in the ditch, how will he get out? And two is better than one. For if one goes to sleep alone, how will he stay warm? You know? And then it says the cord of three strands is not easily broken. You ever, you ever take a little piece of yarn and you can just pop it with your own hands? But you take three strands of yarn and you twine them together. You try to pop it. It's like, oh, good night. Synergy. Synergy. We're better together. We make it together. You'll never make it alone. So here's my homework for us all. Some of you already have this. Find someone that you can, if you don't have anybody, ask God to show you. He'll, he'll show you who you're supposed to, but find a prayer partner. And I say it like this, find a faith partner. Find a faith partner, somebody that's ready to go to war with you for your promises. And don't overwhelm it. Pick one, you know, one of the things about military breakthrough is that if you're fighting wars on many fronts, you're weakened. But if you will focus your attention on one front, you'll get a breakthrough in that area, then all these other breakthroughs will start happening. If you penetrate the enemy's land, his, his barrier, all of a sudden all those other areas have to come to start helping fight against that breakthrough that just took place and it weakens all those other areas as well. Focus on one thing. Start with one thing. Pick your highest priority and find that faith partner and y'all go after it till you see victory. And you know what's going to happen? The victory's going to come. Your faith's going to be sky high. It's going to be so high once that victory comes that then to believe God for those other things are going to be easy, easy peasy. Now, not easy, but it's going to be easier because of the victory you just saw God bring. All right, so who's ready to be faithful?
to keep up the fight, to stand, to pray, to cry out and not lose heart, not give up. It's our faithfulness. Faith is the result of faithfulness. And faithfulness is the result of faith. Full faithfulness, full of faith, faithful, full of faith. I'm full of faith, so I stay faithful. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep striking the ground. Can y'all hear that? I'm hearing it, and I'm going to do it because I got some promises I need victory in. And I'm not just going to say, oh, I've been, it's, been a, it's been a year. I had not seen anything. Oh, it's been five years. I had not seen anything. God's faithful. Maybe I need some synergy. Maybe I need some synergy. Amen?